you can't wait another minute. You can't put it off another day. Your life is too valuable to forfeit your destiny. So let's start something new. Now, <laughs> let's go. When we are bitten by life unexpectedly, it can often cause damage beyond recognition. And the truth of the matter today is that many of us are living our lives out of the eye. Didn't see that coming experience. The perspective says no. Your faith will say that God is still fighting for me. That when your perspective tries to convince you that you are down and out, your faith will remind you that it is God who has all power in his hands, who is still working things for you. Say it again. The assertion of the fact that mercy is present means this, y'all. Without the existence of mercy, that would be different meaning if mercy wasn't present it would be another way but Jeremiah says that because of the Lord's mercies which now means that we have to shift our outlook and it has to be different all right hey 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 what's up everybody and welcome in to another episode of your next now podcast where it's a great day to start something new not tomorrow not next week but starting it right, right now. Listen, I want to thank y'all because y'all showed absolutely out last week uh, with our podcast or the week before last. I actually was able to take a break last week. I had some time off, spent it on a lovely island, minding my business, trying to just chill and relax. So uh, thank y'all for bearing with me for not getting the podcast out last Thursday. But I'm excited about this Thursday's conversation because I have one of my favorite people in the entire world on the line with us. Y'all showed out with our conversation with me and Elder Shalandra Taylor. And I know that you all are going to be tuned in to hear from this generation's bishop. Y'all do me a favor and welcome my friend, Bishop Brandon Jacobs. Brandon, what's up, bro? Yo! <laughs> what's going on? The dancing bishop, as we all know him to be, by the way. <laughs> that is so funny. Bishop, listen, I'm so excited that you have joined me on my podcast. We have had uh, just such a phenomenal, phenomenal relaunch of the Your Next Now podcast. And I know that you are not going to do anything less but give us amazing, amazing takeaways from this conversation. But how are you? How's everything with you? I'm well. Everything is going well. Um, doing life, you know, doing ministry as we were just talking, trying to make this thing happen, be a good father, good pastor, good husband, get all that good stuff that comes with what Listen, we do. So, uh, all of the priorities, I see. That's good. Mm -hmm. What you got coming up with us? What do you have coming up? Oh, Ignite, the Ignite Conference. <laughs> I need all everybody right. to go register right now. Stop what you're doing. Right now. Register. And well, you probably can't get off right this now. live, but as soon as this thing is over, I want you to go to theignitconference.com <laughs> or go on the Ignite Conference on Instagram and the link is there. I want everybody to register. It's going to be off the chain. Uh, my sister, I hope, is coming back this year. Uh, we're going to have a high time in God. And then we got Pentecost weekend. Y'all know every, most of everything I do, I have my sister with me. Pentecost yeah. weekend is coming up. We got John P. Key going to be there Friday uh -huh. night. We got uh, Locked In. I can't give everybody, but we got Elder Mark Moore uh -huh. and Elder Pharaoh. We're oh, going to do what we did for the, for the revival. 
Uh, we're gonna be preaching together. It's gonna it's gonna be a high time. I can't believe you didn't let that out already, because you know it's about to go. Cra- you know, registration goes crazy whenever the three of us are in the building together. So Do you hear me, y'all? Y'all just heard something super super insightful, something super super sneak peek. Y'all wasn't even supposed to get that yet, but Bishop Jacobs, <laughs> myself, and Elder Mark Moore are together for Pentecost weekend. Let me tell you something. You want to get the New Zion Temple the best way you can you on Pentecost weekend. <laughs> You need to get yeah. that quick, fast, Absolutely. and in hurry. You hear me? Because y'all know, y'all know, Ooh, it's gonna be crazy. But y'all know one thing for certain things. So if you ever participated in any revivals, any of the ignite experiences, anything that we've all done together, y'all know that it's guaranteed to pack out so do not waste your time listen i love this podcast because you can play it while you're moving so do me a favor go right now hit the links for ignite make sure you're registered for the conference make sure you look out for the information for the cause turn your notifications on on bishop brandon jacobs instagram post because you want to get the information as soon as it comes out speaking of instagram bishop how are you handling this new surge of just absolute crazy support that you are getting on tiktok tiktok is going crazy by the way i just want you to know I don't even know. <laughs> I, I don't know who's running this page. It's, it's Kaylin and them, I'm sure. I'm, I'm so sure. Yeah. But I'm gonna t- it ain't us. It ain't us. <laughs> it ain't Kaylin. It ain't New Zion Temple. It's someone who we had to reach out to them and like email them like, who oh, are you? What's going right. on? Yeah. Like, what? I mean, and he's whoever he or she is, is getting crazy, crazy support on TikTok. But you know, that's good because it's translating over to your Instagram, translating over to your yeah. YouTube. So, you know, whoever it is, hopefully they'll turn the page over to you because it's your actual, you know, ministry. But <laughs> I mean, it's going crazy. TikTok is actually it really is. funny. I didn't even know how to work TikTok until recently. In fact, a lot of you guys have been cracking up laughing, enjoying my church funny i don't know what this tiktok spirit is on me but if y'all not digging it inbox me and tell me to stop because i don't i i need somebody to take my phone at this point i'm just on tiktok in the middle of night acting crazy i'm making videos i'm shouting it's just hilarious but it's absolute fun i'm enjoying the little tiktok wave but speaking of tiktok and speaking of support i want to jump into this conversation because you know tiktok and social media and all these different facets play such a major role in today's conversation which is modern day holiness man i know when you hear this term especially for my listeners but even for bishop it's probably something that we really don't think about uh, often because you know when we think about the word holiness we only really know it in the tradition of what we grew up under you know the idea of holiness but i really look at this generation and i'm realizing like there is a version of like absolute modern day holiness where the lines are a bit blurred from what we grew up under bishop i mean i might be by myself but this is a little blurry generation for me (laughs) yes Yes. So the lines are absolutely blurred and I've just been kind of witnessing some things that have, you know, struck me as a leader and a preacher in this generation. I think you and I are two people in this generation and time in the black church that have a really amazing spotlight right now that God is continuing to use. And I appreciate God for allowing us to be chosen to lead this generation. It seems as though, um, you know, you, myself, Elder Moore, and so many others have just a, a really strong presence in this generation. And with you being one of our younger bishops who we all know for his foot in holiness. I wanted to bring this conversation to you because I wanted to hear your absolute opinion on this. So when you hear the term modern day holiness, what is like the first thing that pops to your head? Like what, what comes up? Foolishness. Foolishness. <laughs> 
absolute chicanery. <laughs> you got to know, I'm old. I'm so uh, old school, so classic yes. old school. Is yes, what I you tell are. Um, yes. And so, uh, you know, this neo Pentecostal era really, mm. you know, burns my edges. If that makes sense, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because um, I think that holiness is holiness, and I think that we're we're living in a world that wants to wants to run it to the line and see mm, how close I can get edge. to the line and still be right. How yeah, close how close I can, can I get, to, get the to the edge and still be holy? How close can I get to the edge and still please God? Where I grew up in the, in a generation where we were running from the edge. We didn't want to be nowhere Ooh. close to it. Mm. And um and though and let me say this in 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 the defense of the old, not that they everything they did in the old was right. Absolutely. But their hearts were pure. The hearts um, were. The old, like, you know, the, the dress codes and stuff like that, where dress codes represented holiness. And we know that that's not true. Uh, but they did it not because they were trying to necessarily tell us how to dress. They were trying to right. keep us holy. So that it was like, Absolutely. you know, hey, wear this, look like this, because right. we believe that holiness is a look. And to a certain extent, it is a look. There you know, is a look to Have a look. Now, it may not be as drastic as the old church tried to paint the picture of it, right. but holiness definitely is a look, and I think that we need to embrace it. So I'm definitely yeah. old school holiness. I believe uh, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. I believe hmm. it in my heart. Um, I'm, 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 I'm deep in that. And um, does that mean we're perfect? No, but it does mean that we're striving, we're striving. Uh, towards pleasing God. But I think that those of us who try to make this modern day holiness it's, mm-hmm. it's a people that's not striving. It's a people Absolutely. that's saying, hey, you know, I could do this and I could do that and I'm still holy. Uh, but I still believe that you have to present your body a living mm-hmm. sacrifice, mm-hmm. holy and acceptable holy. to the Lord, which is a yeah. reasonable service. I still believe that you should be not conformed to this world right. or this culture, but you mm-hmm. should be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I mm-hmm. think that we are raising a church that's more turned on by keeping up with the culture instead of changing. Wow. Wow. So many, so many points there. You know, it's so funny because when you talk about the look of holiness, I remember when I was in middle school, I was the battalion commander for JROTC by the time I graduated eighth grade. So, you know, that was huge because (laughs) that was where I learned structure and that's where I learned, you know, that uniformity. And I understood that everything has a look, right? If I go into the workplace, there's a professional uh, appearance that has to be maintained for that organization. If I go in to the military, there is a professional look. I'm talking about your, your button line and your zipper line got to line up. Like I'm talking about showing up, yes. your belt got to be on, your, your shoes have to be shot because there is a look to that particular organization. And the thing that I that I have uh, just, a, uh, just a big concern about is that we like to push the limits of what we can do in yes. God. And the thing is, we understand the concept of grace. We understand that grace obviously grows with us because at the end of the day, as we grow, we need more grace to go with us, right? So we understand yeah. that to each person that is given a measure of faith. And, and we understand that, right? So we know that there are 
some 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 compassions and some mercies that God has set aside for us. But why do we always got to push the envelope on what it is to maintain holiness? I know that a lot of people want to challenge the system, Bishop. They like, listen, yeah. what they were talking about back then and what they said we couldn't do then, it, it's tradition. It's not necessarily Bible. But I believe that even though it's not Bible per se, there is still a look to holiness. Right. There is still a representation that we bring. But now here's where it gets tricky. I'm watching the generation who have become more concerned with the look than the lifestyle. And I'm yes. talking about people who live for certain events and certain dates and certain scenarios because we become a social church and church has become a fashion show. So holiness has become more about fashion and what you look yeah. like than the lifestyle. What do you say to, to that? Do you, do you believe that? And I guess that brings me to this question. Do you believe, and I know that you can't necessarily say conclusively yes or no. However, I do believe that in your office, you are called to bring rebuke and reproof. Yes. Do you feel that we are in a form of godliness generation? Because I'm looking for the power. I'm looking for the for the miracles when we can call people out, call illnesses out, call demons into subjection. And I'm, I mean, we know that a lot of that goes on the New Zion Temple. But how do we bring everybody else on board? What what do we speak to people who are wrestling between this balance and this holiness? I'm gonna tell you. So you, you, I, I love that you close with that phrase, balance and holiness. Now, a lot of people fight me on this, and I and I'm up for the fight. I don't believe there's any balance. <laughs> I, I don't believe there's any balancing. I believe that the if you're going to balance it, it should lean in the direction of God. Um, mm. And I'm going to tell Jesus. you what I, I'm going to say. Let your, this, let me, I'm sorry. I got to get this to my listeners. <laughs> let your balance lean in the direction of God. I'm just saying, yes. let your balance lean in the mm, direction yes. of God. He that is so monumental. He should outweigh everybody. Ooh. You know, look at what he says. I'm alpha and omega. I'm the yes. beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. Uh, besides me, there is no other. This is his mm. language. You his understand? Language. Thou should have no other gods before me. Um, I prefer you be hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, that's balance. Lukewarm is the balance of hot and cold water. So if you're lukewarm, then I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. So I don't really believe there's any balance in God. Either you're hot for God or you're cold. Um, either you're all in or you're all out. The old church used to say, Lord, I'm running, trying to make 199 and a half just won't do. And I think that what's happening, uh, Elder Pharaoh, is that we have a lot of people that that don't really want to be saved, you know. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you, a lot of this foolishness is coming from church babies who's been in church, caught up in some stuff in church, hurt by the church, and now they want to change the direction that the church is going. When you meet new believers who knew nothing about God, who knew nothing about righteousness, knew nothing about holiness, they're running into this thing with the Lord, with everything they have. I'm just looking at even our own church. When we have new believers, new converts, I mean, fresh off the street, never knew nothing about church, converts who come over from Catholicism, converts who come over from um, uh, Islam, converts who come over from Jehovah's Witness. When they come over, they come over with a fire and a burn to want to please God with all they have. But it's those church babies who's been in church all their life, all their life. They want to come in and change church, change the culture, change because they've gotten tired of, wow. of what they've seen. And now they want to make it be something different. And then they want to try to have old school power 
with a new school uh, way of yeah. mentality. That is, yeah. and what happens is it's not working. So when they try to, when they reach for this old school power with this new school mentality and see that it's not working, now we have a church that wants to conjure up a presence instead oh, of having a presence that's deep down within. So now we oh, have geez. the dark church, the smoky church, the lights and the camera. When the old school church didn't need nothing. They didn't need the lights on, uh-huh. off, smoked, light machine. They didn't need screens. And I, and I have it all. But they didn't right. need that. It was just the pure power of yeah. God that, yeah. that people came from across the world to experience. Uh, right. But now uh, we're trying to be more cultural than we are trying to be Christian. Oh my God, man, you've hit so many points. I mean, first of all, the word conjure. Let let me just let's just go there. That yeah. that word in and of itself is just such a, a dangerous term, but it's so true to this generation. We watch yeah. and, and and the crazy thing is because of social media, it has become more apparent. And and I think yes. we, we can value that in the sense of we recognize what's out there, but then we also are afraid of that because we don't know how far it has gone. You know, it's yes. that, that means and it shows us that there is still so much work to do. One of the other points that you hit on is that we're talking about converts here. We're talking about still converting people for the cause of Christ, right? Yes. So when you look at at holiness, right, we're talking about still training and teaching and, and building people to convert themselves over to the call of Christ, the ministry of Christ, the following of Christ. And I guess that even brings us into the the, the scripture, be ye holy for I am holy, right? If our goal as Christians is to pursue, you know, after God, to chase after God and to become more and more like him, right? Like you said earlier, it's not perfect, but it is progressive, right? If our goal is to become more like him, then conversion ought to still be a goal, right? So when we start talking about being holy for God is holy, then we're talking about converting not just others, but then converting ourselves into a growth pattern that allows us to experience an increase in our capacity for holiness, right? So I love that you brought it up because you said very clearly, listen, I don't really think there's any balance in God. I think that there is, you know, if you if you are in a place where you're trying to figure out how to be a millennial and still how to be holy, you ought to just lean in the direction of God, right? So a lot of people yeah. may ask you then, well, what is acceptable? What is what is it to experience life in that abundantly? What is it to, you know, this and, is my favorite I, one, obey the, ball, obey the laws of the land. That's my favorite excuse. People, just, right. they, they, they bring it up for weed and everything else. Like, I'm just trying to yeah. obey the laws of the land. I mean, what, what does this mean? for us to be able to pursue holiness as millennials. And you said something so well, Pharaoh, and I'm going to go back to that. It's when you talk about sin, number one, you talk about progressing in God. The Bible says to work out Mm -hmm. your own soul salvation salvation. with fear and Mm -hmm. trembling. And trembling. It says to, to live for God in a way where you you want to please him, you want to go after him with fear and trembling. It's, it's like honor, respect. I I, I want to live this life. And, and then scripture, there's another scripture that blew me away. The Bible says when it comes to sin, there is a whole lot of sin that's not recorded in scripture. So I'm going to tell you how Paul sums it up. He says, if it's sin to you, then it's sin. Mm-hmm. Woo! Right. That thing that's... blew me away. Right. Because what it's saying is, we have a measure, well, not a measure, we're full of the Holy Ghost. And if we're full of the Holy Ghost in salvation, there's some right. things that the Holy Spirit is going to convict us about that's going to be sin to us. 
that, right. you know what, I'm convicted about this. I shouldn't be doing this. And if I'm convicted about it and the Holy Spirit that lives within has convicted me, then I need to obey that conviction. And I think that we're raising a church. I think I, this is one of the thoughts I give to the old school church, which I love the old school church. I respect the old, old school church. I believe I'm a product of the old school church. But, yeah. you know, growing up, if you grew up apostolic Pentecostal, everything you did, you had to get it approved by the pastor. Can we go to the movies? Uh-huh. Can we go skate? Can we do this? Can we do that? So what I think was a hinder was that the pulpit became the Holy Spirit for us where we never were able to lean on the conviction of the Holy Spirit within, we were leaning on the conviction of, of the pulpit. So if the pastor said, we right. can't go, we can't go. Well, I ain't going because pastor said I can't go. I ain't watching this movie because pastor, I can't watch this movie. Where Absolutely. if the pastor said it was okay, even if we were convicted by it, we never depended on, on our own convictions. We just depended on what the pastor said was good or bad. Right. And I think that this generation has to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit within. And conviction. if the Spirit of God is convicting you, even it don't got to be in Scripture. It don't have to be in right. there. Listen, I, I want to get high like anybody else. I would love to do it, but I'm too convicted. Y'all, don't hold my brother to this. You understand me? <laughs> I want to get high like everybody else. <laughs> Lord puff, Jesus. puff, fast. Give me an animal too. You know, I'm puff, puff, pat, puff the magic dragon. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know what's funny? While you say that, and I'm going to pause parenthetically here to insert this. As I'm as a new parent raising a child, right? I'm watching my kid yeah. and I have a camera in his room and I watch him all day, every day because I'm like, you know, this kid is going to do something to just hurt herself while they're there. And as much as I've baby proofed the room and I've done as best I can, I have like this little brown trunk in his room that has like pampers and stuff in it and the other day i'm watching on the camera he gets on top of the thing and he jumps off head first i'm sitting here like oh my god this kid's gonna break his neck right but what i realize is if i always step in to try to tell him to stop before he hurts himself he's never gonna understand the danger in things for himself right so i had to learn how to restrain myself and let him make some mistakes he had to fall he had to start breaking stuff and figuring stuff out because the more i watch him do it the more i watch him learn why it's important not to do it but there is a balance there comes a a point right like a parent like god why i have to step in and discipline you and say to you hey man that was enough you tried it too many times and if you don't realize it this is not the way that it's supposed to go this is not the result that you're supposed to get you're not supposed to break the glass every time you pick it up you're not supposed to pick it up you understand so there is but i realized in raising a child that that's how god deals with us like there is giving to us some a level of grace because we have to learn how to believe in our own convictions, like you're saying. Yes. So just because you yes. fell into something for a season doesn't mean you're supposed to stay there. Just because you got grace Come for on. one fall don't mean you got grace for three. You better get Come the on. lesson and keep it moving because at the end of the and, day, and God get is up going and move to, on. Exactly. He's going to yeah. build in you an understanding and relationship of his Holy Spirit that speaks to us each and every day. One of the other things that you talked about was building you know 
and, and millennials understanding and, and and new zion temple is just such a jewel it's it's a jewel it's a place where if you've ever been you know that and you and you come from an old school church you know yeah. that the authentic glory of god falls in that place in yes. a way that is absolutely life-changing life-saving that is healing Thank that is Lord. restorational that is new zion temple is a jewel how how was your journey how is your journey building a millennial-based ministry i know you have some elders there some some mothers yeah. there right yes. but that millennial-based ministry that has a hunger for the authentic presence because there's a lot of pastors out here who's trying to figure out how to build you know a, a church that's hungry for the presence of god and you seem to have captured it what, what was that journey like for you i think it was being authentically me number one mm-hmm. um a pastor gave me an, um, some amazing advice when i asked him what kind of church should i build he said build a church you would want to go to if you don't want to go to your own church then wow. why would anybody else want to go? Wow. So you need to build a church you want to go to. And I think that it also has a lot to do with teaching. I'm real big on teaching. Um, and I'm real big on you being there. Like, y'all need yeah. to come get this teaching. So that uh-huh. the teaching preps your heart for expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know what to expect because you've been taught and and you've seen it in the word of God. And then we're, we're, we're strong on fasting, even though, and I'm going to tell you, you know, you, everybody see what they see or come experience what they experience, but they don't know the warfare I go through with fighting these folks to fast, to pray. Yeah. We see the highlights. Yeah. We see the highlights. That's what I'm saying. You know, what is it like on a day to day, a week to week? Like, how are you causing people to be enthusiastic about still learning the word? Because that is a struggle for the generation. These people don't go to Bible study in this generation. I mean, no. and they, they may be doing a new Zion temple. How, what is yeah. that? You know, what is that? Snapping, snapping every week. <laughs> oh, so you be sitting there fussing too. Y'all turn them cameras off so Ooh, I can repeat this. That's right. That's right. But, and I try to make it life changing when they show up. And uh, I'm praying that my prayers often that they will see the benefits of the word of God and they will see the fruit of it. Um, in their own lives. And I think that the Lord has done that. And that I really try to be as transparent as I can. I try to be as open as I can and as available as I can. We would have, sometimes we have Bible studies that go three to four hours long. We literally shut the, we literally do the benediction and go right back in it because our generation has a lot of questions. And I'm grateful that the Lord has allowed me to be able to father in a way and teach mm. in a way where yeah. after the cameras go off, I'm able to now sit down and still have a room of 200 people. That's just like, Bishop, I wow. got a question. How about this? And, 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 and what is your wow. feeling about this? And what does the Bible say about this? And some things I have an answer to, and I think they respect the stuff that I don't have an answer to. Wow. Um, that there's some, there's sometimes I say, I really don't know. Um, man, I'm going to tell you, uh, one of my favorite preachers, I don't even know if you know it. But uh, William Curtis, Billy Curtis. Yeah. Genius. Woo! Genius. He got a sermon a he preached at, a, at Hampton um, oh, yeah. called, and I may have the title wrong, but it really blessed me. And I listen to it often. It talks about embracing God's rugged edges. How there's, mm. there's, there's areas about God that are, are, are so sharp that, that it's hard to embrace. But then there's areas about God that's smooth mm. and, and it's easy to embrace. But when you love God, right. you got to be willing to embrace him and, and take the, the parts of him that cuts as well as the parts of him that are mm-hmm. smooth. 
uh, but but those are all wow. the edges of God. And and I try to teach that to our church. Like there's going to be some things about God that you love, that you really mm-hmm. you, you want more and more of. But then there's some things about right. God that you're going to hate. Um, this is why mm-hmm. Jesus says, wow. disciple, how do you hate those that you see every day and love me who you don't see? You right. only know me by faith, but yet you love me so much, Jesus. but can't love those who are next to you every day. And so I, I try to build a church that understands that we're not going to agree with everything scripture tells us. We're not going to like everything scripture tells us. It's not going to turn us on. Everything's not going to make us shout. Everything's not going to make us run. Some things are going to make us say, hmm. Some things are going to make us cry. Some things are going to make us, you know, run. But we have to embrace those areas about God so that we could grow deeper in God. And then we have to understand that there's some things about God we would not understand about him until we see him in heaven. Wow. We and you just made love. something so that's so powerful to say, because essentially what you were saying is that our relationships with, with God is, is just like a relationship with our parents. There are things about my parents yeah. that I don't necessarily like. I mean, they're not that I, you know, but I love them. They're my parents. Right. But but growing yes. up, there were things that I didn't like that they that they had to do, but they knew as a as parents. And I'm learning more and more again as a new parent what it is to have to you know, step in and be the authoritative figure because at the end of the day, I know better than you. I'm your, I'm your yes. mother. I'm your father. Yes. I'm the one who knows more than you know. Yes. And so the the question is for people who um, have never considered holiness or never considered that there should be a pursuit of holiness. Maybe uh, there's someone who's listening right now who says, well, I don't even know where to begin, right? But but the, yeah. the question for me is, how do I stand with God if I don't agree with God, right? How do I yeah. stay in him when I'm struggling yeah. to understand him? So, so give us something for people who may be saying, Bishop, where do I begin in my pursuit of holiness? I want to be a better person. I want to be a better thinker. I want to love better. I want to, you know, first, first of all, holiness starts in your love. Let's just go there. Yeah. Let's, let's 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 really go there, you know, because I I don't know you necessarily by by, you know, the things that you've done. I know you by your heart. I know you by by the way that you have lived your life. I know you by the way that you love people. Right. Um, And so what what do we say to the millennial or to the person who's listening to this podcast who says, I need to be more holy and I need to find that pursuit of holiness? What what is the advice to them? I'm going to say you you said it's so powerful. And I'm going to say I'm going to say two things. I'm going to say. Love God. Fall in love with him. Love him for who he is. Mm. You know, don't fall in love with the church per se. Love the church, of course, but love God. But I often tell our church, you know, I get this question. This is one of the questions that I get all so often. And I, when the when the cameras go off and we're just sitting around just having heart-to-heart Bible study talks, I tell them, start at your struggle. You start mm-hmm. holiness at the area where you struggle. The areas that are a struggle for you is those areas that you give to God. And that's the beginning of your walk into into righteousness and holiness. Um, That's that's where God dealt with uh, Abraham. He started with Abraham with the thing he loved the most, his son that he begged God for. So God says, you know what? If you love him so much, give him to me. So I tell people, and this is what hurts because it hurts. It's like, ah! I don't want to give you the stuff that I love so much. I want to keep this because, uh, but that's why the Bible says that the Lord desires a broken spirit and a contrite heart, which means many, many times God would deal in that area of of that, that you love the most to break you into holiness, to break you into righteousness. So I tell people, start at where you struggle, start at the, start at that struggle that you love the most. Try Mm -hmm. giving that to God. 
And that's the first steps in holiness. That's the first steps in righteousness. And when you can give God that, that you love the most that's against him, Mm -hmm. you're starting an area. And that's where the struggle is. And and God wants to know, do you love me enough? And I I can testify about it. I'll never forget, man. I was was dating a girl and I was Uh in love Uh with her. (laughs) <laughs> I was in love with her. Uh, who was my first? You know, and like I said, we, you know, we've been transparent. She was my first everything, and uh, Lord have mercy. And she was in church, but she wasn't in church. Anyway, mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And uh, little hood, little, you know. But I loved everything about her, and I loved everything about her. And nothing was wrong with her and nothing was wrong with me. Something was wrong with us. us. Meaning mm, it was yep. the relationship that was against God. Yeah. And um, I refused to, it was so hard um, oh to give that thing to God. And and wow. I struggled so hard and, and we would break it off and then get back together. And, you know, the, the it's like when we got back together, the passion of our sin was even greater. <laughs> and um, I had to give it to God. And I, I'll never forget crying in my car, repenting in my car. You know, I didn't do it. it that My repentance didn't happen in a, at an altar per se at church. I built an altar right. in my car, driving down Klein Avenue and mm. weeping. And I can remember hearing God say, who do you love the most? And I kept saying, I love you the most, God. I want you the most. And so Rose, I will prove it to me. Wow. And, and you know I what's funny? Like, he always asks you to give him that, that ooh, hard thing. You. And you always yeah. know when it's time to do it. Let me just pause parenthetically there to tell somebody. Because if you huh. if right now you know that you hear you feel this pull in, in your inner recesses of your soul, in your gut, you know that God is saying. I love you and I love them. I just don't love y'all. I love I love you and I and I'm yeah. fine with that, but I'm not fine with you doing that. I'm you yes. know, you always know when God is calling you to get that thing up. And that's when that that pursuit really has to begin because you have to be yes. willing to show God that I'm I am willing to do whatever it takes and whatever it costs to pursue your glory and to pursue yes. your calling for my life. And it will bless you. It It'll will bless you. you. It will pull something out of you. It it, it you get serious then. You're like, you know what? You know, literally, for God I live and for God I die. And I think that it's not until we get to that point in him that he can really trust us with more of him. Mm-hmm. Say it again. It's not until we get to that point in him that he can yeah. trust us with more of him. Wow. Uh, where we can see lives be changed through us. And and it was very painful. And I did it by the grace of God. I put my faith in the Lord. And uh, I struggled through it. It was not easy. It was not overnight. Even after that, breaking in my car and weeping and wailing. Oh, I want to love you. I want to please you. You I struggled through it until I literally, it's like I came to a day one day. It was like, man, I'm free. Like, I'm, I'm not in that. And I had to keep my focus and maintain my holiness in the Lord. And it started there. So it was easier once I got there to begin to let go more things and more struggles and more situations. I began to give to God because as we said in the beginning, Pharaoh, I'm progressing towards, progressing. The, towards the Lord. I'm like, Paul, mm. I'm pressing toward the mark 
for the prize uh, of, of the in Christ Jesus. And you know what I noticed, Jacobs, is that sometimes things don't necessarily start out that way, right? But I think yeah. that when we get to that point where things become a distraction and things take us away from the pursuit of holiness and things break us to the point where we no longer concern ourselves with what it means to represent God and to be holy in God. Because, you know, I just, yeah. you know, you're my brother. This is our transport parent platform. I just have come through a similar situation where I knew that God was telling me it's time for you to sever the yeah. things that you have engaged yourself in, sever some relationships, sever some yeah. friendships. There was a lot of pivoting that I had to do at the top of this year because I knew that I had lost myself in these yeah. relationships. And I'm not just talking about, you know, intimate, I'm talking about friendships too. Things yeah. that people were around me that they were allowing yeah. me to do things that they were encouraging me to do, things that I had engaged yeah. in. And in a time of weakness, like a pandemic, you lose yourself, right? You, yeah. I absolutely feel that I was off track and it was easy to become engulfed and being distracted. But it was yes. your sermon that, that to don't burn out that reminded me that I have to bring back Thank the you. priority of keeping and seeking God first. Because one of the things that I took away from the sermon, as simple as it was, and as great as the sermon was, as monumental as the sermon was, the yeah. simple thing that I took away was seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, yes. and all these things will be added unto you. I was so distracted that I was pursuing what God was giving me on my own. I was pursuing yeah. what God brought to my life because I felt like, where is it? This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I, be I became addicted to knowing how he worked in my life. So when I was Come distracted on. and I was off course, I'm trying to make it happen. Not because I felt like I was gone, but because in my mind, I got to keep, you know, keep going. But in all actuality, what yeah. God was telling me was, see, the problem is not necessarily the people. The problem is your, your position in it. It's your posture. And you maintain relationships that you are no longer in control of because you are no longer seeking me. You're seeking this. You're seeking them. You're seeking approval. You're seeking company. You're seeking everything but me. And if you seek me, I'm going to give you all the stuff that's going to bring Come back happiness, right? You can't be happy apart from God. You cannot be happy yeah. outside of God. And so ultimately, yes. if you're living with yourself and you are unhappy and you realize I'm off course and I'm distracted and I'm not where I used to be, it's time for you to really stop and buckle down and realize what have I allowed to impact and inflict even my relationship and my attentiveness to what God wants me to do and where God wants me to be? Because at that point, Absolutely. you're no longer walking in alignment. You're walking in what disarray you're walking in whatever feels yeah. comfortable to you you're walking in trying to make it Confusion. make sense you're walking in yeah you're walking in trying to make a lifestyle that you're used to work when you can't be outside of god and expect the same blessings only god can unlock and being in alignment with god can unlock the pinnacle of blessings that god wants to release in your life yes. and so when you get to that place where you realize wait a minute He's not my problem. I'm not waking up every morning and he's not the first thing I'm seeking. I'm I'm more worried about this, that, and the third. I'm I'm focusing on how I'm gonna make my day work and how I'm gonna make this money. And I'm I, you know, you worry about making money, you gotta see God. Cause if you see yeah. God, he'll make the money show up. You worry about opportunities, seek God. Cause if you see God, he'll bring opportunities in your life. It's you worried about the word, seek God. Because if you get in your word, he's gonna bring revelation to you. This is for any and everybody, preacher, lay member, whoever you are. I have been in my own personal position where I realized that I was off course because I put God on the back burner. And you cannot do that. Holiness for me is not necessarily about a look. 
it's about a lifestyle and a lifestyle of holiness is a lifestyle where God is your priority. Yes. Period. You because it. when I want God to be my priority, I'm willing to do anything and put anything aside. I'm willing to look whatever way he wants me to look. I'm willing to walk whatever way he wants me to walk because I realize that I don't have the same freedom outside of God. Yes. I don't have, it. I don't have the yes. same peace outside of God. So holiness, I think we've created this big concept of it, and it's got to be this, that, and third one. In all actuality, holiness is a pursuit, and it is a yes. pursuit of God. God yep. first. It's a and pursuit running of God after first. Him with because everything you have. if you run after him with everything you have, everything that yes. he wants from you will be made apparent to you, and the things that he wants to do for you will be made manifest unto you. Yes. That's what I've yes, This has been just such an enlightening conversation. I want you to do me a favor before I get out of here. I want you to do two things. Two things I want you to do. Speak to the person who's been wrestling with, you know, trying to find balance and still be in church. I'm trying to be a millennial and still love God. I, I don't necessarily understand holiness. Speak to them and give them an, a, a, an encouraging word that is going to help to realign them and put them back on track. I think that some of what I just spoke about is so important to this generation that we yeah. got to get back to seeking God first. I want you to speak on that. I'm going to invite you to pray. I'm going to close this podcast. I want to just thank you again for just spending this time giving me this, this little hour out of your day i know we text and talk all day long but thank you for sitting down with me give me this hour thank you for touching on this topic as the millennial bishop that that's how i look at you i tell you everybody brandon jacobs is my next pastor i want y'all to know and he is the millennial bishop to me he owns this generation not owns it but he is leading this generation thank in a you, major Lord. major way and i trust his heart and his pursuit of god so much so thank you again give us that word give us a prayer i'm gonna close the podcast and we get out of here uh, let me say, first I want to say I thank you. Uh, I call a favor of y'all, so I probably messed up. And, and <laughs> I'm no, that's honored completely to be fine. here. Uh, and I trust the ministry of Elder Marissa Pharaoh. And I and I think this is so needed. And 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 I think that you're reaching reaching this generation in more ways than one. And and I'm just grateful to stand here. And I'm, I'm, I love my sister. Those who know me know I love me some Marissa Pharaoh. Don't you play with me. I love you, <laughs> yes. And um, and I think that I think there's I think a lot of times we try to be what we already are. Um, and so it's like, like, and I hear Pharaoh said this a lot, trying to be a millennial, trying to do this or trying to do that. And it's like, number one, you already are a millennial. Number mm -hmm. one, you're already for forging in the areas of God that God is calling you to. It is so important that as Pharaoh said it so well, number one, that you run after God with everything you have. That's number one. And you embrace who you are. I have found so much freedom in just being Brandon Jacobs. Wow. Um, even during this time, like a lot of people was like, well, what do you think was the success of New Zion Temple in the pandemic? And, I, and I'm a, I told people, one of the things that was my success is I just was being myself. Right. And I and in our planning meetings, they was like, oh, Bishop, you need to do this. And oh, Bishop, you need to do that. And I was get, I got frustrated in one of the meetings. And I was like, I ain't doing none of that. I'm going to be <laughs> who God has called me to be. Oh, you got to have church an hour and a half. Oh, you got to, you know, you, you got to make sure that you're only preaching, you know, 20 minutes. And you got to. And I said, I'm going to tell y'all something. I hear what y'all saying. I ain't right. doing none of that. And we literally got into it like, Bishop, you got to evolve. You and it looked like everything I said I wasn't going to do is what got blessed because right. it was who I was. 
you know, we were one of the churches that were on for three and four hours instead of being on an hour and a half. And it looked like the longer we were on, the bigger the crowd got that watched. Um, and so I think that 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 what that did for me was say, I'm going to be the best Brandon Jacobs I know to be. I don't know what else to be besides that. And I had to embrace the fact that in being Brandon Jacobs, some folk going to love me. Some folk going to hate me. Some folk ain't going to really want to be bothered with me. But at the end of the day, it's okay. And I've learned to love people that, that don't necessarily love me or care for me. Um, I had a man of God say, and there's a man of God through his ministry I enjoy, and I'm not going to say who because of what I'm getting ready to say, but I really enjoy his ministry. And uh, he made the statement to somebody how he couldn't stand my ministry. So when I met him, they expected me to, they expected me to uh, give off what he gave. I said, I'm too free for that. I, I'm not about to hate this man ministry because he ain't mine and I've been loving his ministry all this time. I went to him and was like, I yo, I love you. Right. <laughs> I love you. I'm too free. I love you, man. I thank God for your ministry. And we we got, you know, a little cool. You know, we were able to kind of talk through some of the things of our disagreement. Right. Uh, but the thing about it was that didn't matter to me. I was too free in God to be bound because somebody don't care for what God has blessed in my life. Um, and I, and I had to move on. And so that's my encouragement to you chase after God, embrace who you are, be yourself. Right. And until you learn who you are, start loving where you are with who you are right. and you'll see God begin Absolutely. to do great things in your life. Amazing. Amazing. Pray Sorry. for us, Bishop. Pray for this generation. Yeah. Pray for us. Pray that we get ourselves <laughs> on track so that we can be pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> Ego. Okay, let's, Father, I give you praise. Lord, I love you so much. I thank you for Elder Pharaoh. I thank you for this platform. I thank you for the lives that she's changing. I thank you that you've given all of us grace from me to Pharaoh, to those who are listening. We've all been at a point where we've needed more grace than mercy and we've needed more mercy than grace. But Jesus. I thank you that God, you saw us where we were. You yes, met Lord. us in that moment and you gave yes, us Lord. what we needed and you helped us to evolve into the saints that we are today. So now, Father, I pray that you continually be patient with us and I pray that you would give us the plans and the blueprint so that we could walk out our soul salvation in a way that you will be pleased with. I pray that you will anoint, oh God, Elder Marissa Pharaoh and this platform, that God, this will be a transparent place yes, where Lord. those who are watching can experience the deliverance of the yes, Lord. But this we yes, give you praise and we thank you for the progression that you've called to every one of our ministries. And we thank you, oh God, that I haven't seen ear haven't heard and neither has it entered the heart of man the great things that you're releasing unto us but this we give you praise and we count it done in the mighty name lord jesus christ we pray oh god amen 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 bishop man i can't thank you enough modern day holiness what an amazing conversation and i'm more than happy that i had it with someone like you listen let me tell y'all you do not want to miss what god is going to do in this platform giving us a place to be transparent and continue to yeah. grow and expand ourselves in him because today is a good day to start something new not tomorrow not next week but start That's it right, right now listen tune in next week because i'm going to have an amazing amazing guest so listen Thank you again for tuning in. Make sure today you go out and start something new. Start it now. I'll see y'all next week.